fans and welcome to episode five of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host Jeff Armstrong and we're going to continue our journey through Bringing Balance, a book that I wrote personally in a month. So uh, episode five, that's I, I can't even believe that I'm five weeks into this podcast. Uh, this past week has been just too crazy for me to deal with. Uh, had to buy a car because my poor, sweet 17-year-old Saturn finally was too expensive to fix. Made me very sad, and I had to move on from it, but that added a lot of stress to the week. I can't stand going to car dealerships, but all that's past me now. There's a new car in the garage, although it's wider, and now we can't fit the other car in the garage, it's a whole thing. It's just terrible. But it's just been a terrible week. And actually, I'm kind of looking forward to just doing this simple podcast today. Um, we have a new subscriber. That's exciting. A confirmed subscriber. And I only know this because I watched my wife actually hit subscribe to this podcast. That makes the confirmed subscriber count two, being myself and my wife. Very exciting, right? I saw a post this week about uh, National Novel Writing Month coming up. If anybody's interested, that's going to be in November. I always highly recommend it. I enjoy it immensely, but it is exceptionally time-consuming. Last year, uh, I did it. I actually wrote, oh, I actually wrote a sequel to Bringing Balance. Uh, we'll see if we ever get to that. Yep. But my friend also participated. He, once he heard about it, he wanted to try it. And I said I would do it if he was going to do it just to be nice so we could have something to talk about. But my friend, of course, he's got, you know, kids and stuff family life. It's a little bit more difficult than someone like me doing it where I can just, I mean, I work from home. Uh, I don't have kids. Makes life a little easier to try to finish a book. If you need to cram in a few thousand words in a day, it's not really a problem for me. If you need to cram in a few thousand words a day in a day and get like school lunches ready, that's a problem. And uh, I can't believe how angry he was when uh, you have to realize that you need to average about 1,700 words a day, but you also have to realize that Thanksgiving falls in November if you're an American. And boy, does that make National Novel Writing Month crazy hard. But anyway, I actually have won National Novel Writing Month four times. Winning just means you finished. It doesn't mean your book was considered good by anybody. Nobody would rate my book the best. But as long as you finish, you get to say you won. So I've won four times now, and I think I'm going to sit out this year, especially if I'm doing this podcast still. I think we'll get to it because we have 22 weeks total, and we're only so we have 17 weeks remaining on this book. I don't even know why I did that math. 22 weeks is like half a year, basically. So, I think I'm going to sit it out this year. Uh, anyway, today we are starting in on Chapter 5 of Bringing Balance. If you're unaware, 
Um, chapter five will be chapter four, if you or chapter six. Chapter six, if you have the ebook, right? Yeah, I I keep forgetting who I don't read ebooks. They stink. I mean, why would I want something I have to charge just so I can read a book? Anyway, oh, and the books expire. What the hell is that? Ugh. So anyway, chapter five. Uh, it is seven pages long. I quickly flipped through it before I got started today. Let's see here. And it looks like we're going to see our three main characters. It looks like we're going to see Margot again. We're going to see Aaron, and we're going to see Henry. No surprises there. And I guess the only reason we know we were going to see Margot again, right, is because I said so. Uh, this chapter should have some action in it. I think there's a good fight scene. Um, I thought it was mildly exciting in my memory here. When I think back on it, I'm like, oh yeah, this was kind of exciting. This is cool. This is going to be fun. But we're going to have to see when we read it. I have my doubts that it's actually any good. It's probably terribly written, so this is going to be a nasty chapter. Uh, seven pages. It looks like we're going to see a couple of drinking breaks in this. Um, if you're following along, I am currently today drinking a Buffalo Trace bourbon, my personal favorite. They never get it here in Ohio, but I got lucky this past week, week before. I really hope it's the week before because I finished the bottle already, so ugh, let's hope it's the week before I got it. I'm not sure, though. I don't remember. If I do finish my glass, though, I, I have another bourbon I can get to, and I'll let you know if I switch to that one, right? Anyway, uh, if you want to contact me about this podcast, you can go to our website, jeffreadshisbook.com, and I have some links there. You can contact me via email at jba at sdf.org, or on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. Yep, that's my personal Twitter account. Or in the Fediverse uh, on Mastodon, I'm at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. So, without further ado, let's dive in to Chapter 5. So, this is going to be a long one. Let's get started. <clears throat> Shortly after daybreak the next morning, the two left the inn to walk to the nearby temple. Three croissants still remained from the odd bakery, so there was no need to stop for food. Henry did, however, leave a note thanking the owner for his kindness and promising to return when his business was over. Once the two had left town, the two, I would assume, are going to be Aaron and Henry, right? After they slept in the same room. Ugh. All right. <clears throat> Once the two had left town... The pair continued down a stone road in an easterly direction. Didn't I say southerly, too, in an earlier chapter? I, I, I'm i sorry, I keep stopping on these. I think I'm being overly critical on this chapter, because I think I like it, but let's we'll try to move along. I apologize. Let's get going. <clears throat> Once the two had left town, the pair continued down a stone road in an easterly direction. Last night had left Henry with a bad taste in his mouth but he knew it was unfair to Aaron to remain silent on the previous evening's happenings. Besides, a silent walk for two hours was unappealing to himself as well. 
Aaron, I'm sorry about my behavior last night. That must not have been fun for you, he said as they walked. It's all right, she replied, smiling. After a short pause, she asked, You and Margot were lovers, weren't you? Surprised, Henry responded, How did you... Last night, she interrupted, after you two had your exchange, I saw... She stopped mid-sentence, then continued. Well, I could just tell. It's a bit obvious. Henry laughed despite the topic. Well, you're right, we were quite in love. Hell, I fell in love with her the moment I first saw her. She took a bit more convincing. So you left when you two broke up? That's a bit more complicated, Henry said, pausing to think of the best explanation. Before I left, things around her started to get bad. Guessing I meant here. The magistrates, the ones after you, started asserting their influence far out into the country, where we are now. They weren't particularly welcome, especially by a large number of wizards, mages, witches, whatever. Regular folks weren't so into them either because they brought laws, taxes, soldiers, and they started doing odd things like taking land and disappearing children and adults who could control magic. It was all very bad, so we started fighting. Margot was very against them. You see, the Lafleurs, her name is Margot Lafleur, are a very powerful family in the northern lands. And most people say they do dark magic. Margot doesn't. She's a sweetheart. I think I missed punctuation there. I think her brother is a magistrate, though. He was, at least. So some of the mages and townspeople fought against the magistrates, wizards, and soldiers. But the fight quickly became more of a resistance. Also, a lot of people welcomed the magistrates, so we didn't exactly have everyone's support. Why would the magistrates be interested in all of this? Aaron asked. Power, I guess, Henry replied. I suppose they just wanted to rule everything. Anyway, I was sick of the constant fighting, especially because a lot of people didn't appreciate what we did, and we were quickly becoming the enemy. I wanted to stop. It all seemed to be a pointless exercise. But Margot, she wouldn't hear any of it. We began fighting a lot. Finally said I wanted no part of it, and she said she never wanted to see me again. That's why I left. That seems a little extreme, Aaron stated, just moving away. Henry paused because he knew in his heart she was probably right. Still smiling, he conceded, You're probably right. I can't really explain that away. So, do you still love her? Aaron asked, grinning. Henry laughed. Ah, I'm not going to answer that. I thought so, Aaron said. Drinking break! Mm. Oh my gosh. If you haven't had Buffalo Trace bourbon, oh, it is stunning. Mm. We have a little more drinking break here. Mm. Oh my god. I'm so pissed that I don't have more of it. This would have been a better chapter, I think, if I had a full bottle next to the microphone here. Okay. Margot shuffled into the kitchen well after the sun had risen. Ellen and David, her hosts, 
were already awake, and Ellen was plating some eggs from a cast-iron pan. Margot walked to the table, crossed her arms, and threw her head onto them. I was kind of picturing, like, uh, did you have to do that in elementary school after lunch, where there was, like, I don't know what they called it now, like, silent time? You'd put, you'd cross your arms on your desk and put your head down, heads down? Was it just heads down? Is that what they used to say? I don't know if they still do that. It seems like a waste of time. I'm sure the teachers liked it. How are you, dear? Ellen asked. Terrible, she replied. Ellen and her husband, David, were both the kindest people she had ever met. She loved them both to death for taking her in when she was forced into hiding. There had been questions as to why a childless couple in their late thirties would, quote, care for a mage in her late twenties, but Margot was too grateful to care about rumors. I suppose you heard what happened last night, Margot continued without lifting her head. We heard, dear, we heard, Ellen said as she placed a cup of tea in front of the woman. Margot lifted her head and smiled at Ellen, taking a sip of the tea. Turning to David, also at the table, she asked, Who told you? Eh, a few people at the swine saw you. Nothing big, he said, waving off the event. Did he just come back today? Ellen inquired. I guess so. Honestly, I never really gave him a chance to talk, Margot said. She felt some regret for not finding out more. Well, Aaron said he's already left. Him and the girl he had with him left at sunrise, so you won't suffer any more run-ins, David informed Margot. Him and the girl he had with him? Oh, that's such a terrible sentence. I, I th Would it be he and the girl? It'd have to be he and the girl, right? <sighs> the black-haired woman didn't reply, for she was internally torn about how she felt. On the one hand, she was relieved that Henry was once again out of her life. On the other hand, his presence had awakened a feeling in her heart that had been dormant for quite some time. Where do you think he was heading? Ellen asked, joining the other two at the table. I don't know, Margot replied honestly. Well, he's been gone for a year, right? Ellen pressed. About that long, Margot conceded. But you've only lived here for six months, Ellen continued. Right, Margot said. He wouldn't know what's happened in the last six months, Ellen stated. David's eyebrows rose at this revelation. Margot finally realized what Ellen was driving at. Oh no, she exclaimed. He wouldn't go to the temple, would he? Margot didn't expect a reply. Instead, she jumped to her feet. David, can I borrow... Dot, dot, dot. David interrupted. I'll saddle her up. He ran from the kitchen. Ellen, I'll be back as soon as I can, Margot said. With that, she hurried back to her room to dress properly for riding. Ooh, she's going to ride a horse. Drinking break. This uh, chapter, what do I want to say? Some awkward sentences in that section, but not too bad. Not too bad. Okay. Here we go. 
The road the pair walk along. <laughs> I think it's walked, right? You want to see yeah, past tense. All right. The road the pair walk along passed through grassy valleys between gently rolling hills. Oh, such setting, huh? Although fall was approaching, the morning sun made the day feel pleasantly warm. Aaron had enjoyed the walk thus far, especially due to Henry's improved disposition. So what is this temple we're heading to, she asked. Well, there is a temple, but it's basically a small settlement of mages. A collection of small huts and houses sit around, a, sit around the temple, and mages live there. If someone needs some magical help in the region, it's simple to find, Henry exclaimed. I used to live there myself. Hopefully some friends still live there. More importantly, there should... More importantly, there are some older mages who should be able to figure out what's going on. The pair continued down the road, but Aaron noticed that the road seemed to be degrading somewhat. More grass grew between the flagstones. Do they make roads out of flagstones? I think. I don't know. And, just off the road, some disturbing patches of what appeared to be mud caused blotches in the otherwise green landscape. The disrepair and blotches started becoming more frequent as the pair walked. She wasn't sure Henry had noticed any of this yet. Henry, what's with all the mud? She finally asked. Oh, she asked finally. Excuse me. He had a troubled look on his face. I'm not sure. I don't think it's just mud, though, he responded. We'll ask when we arrive. The temple should just be, should be just over the next hill. Aaron didn't feel reassured by his response, but the pair walked along up a gentle slope towards their destination. As they crested the hill, though, both were horrified by the desolation before them. Gone were the stretches of green as far as the eye could see, replaced by the dark, foreboding mud. Can mud be foreboding? I, I guess. <clears throat> Oddly enough, the road seemed to be protected from the wet blackness. Further along, the remains of a large building and several smaller ones poked from the desolation. One odd building still remained. A tiny hut stood alone at the intersection of the road they walked along, and another running perpendicular. Mouth agape, Henry continued down the road towards the lone building. Erin, lagging behind, snapped from her surprise and called to him. Henry, wait! I don't think we should go any further. When he ignored her, she rushed ahead to keep up with him. She grabbed his shoulder to stop him again. Henry! Was quote. When he turned back to her, his surprise turned to anger. I need to find out what happened, he said. Stay close. I don't think this place is safe. Oh, you think? All right. Aaron felt that the last statement was somewhat obvious. Oh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> she followed close behind the mage as they slowly made their way down the road towards the lone hut. She cursed under her breath as she started to notice movement in the mud, the muddy blight surrounding the road. She mo moved still closer to Henry, holding his shoulders as he walked. How did that work? Holding his shoulders as he walked? I don't, know. I don't know what that means. Finally, he stopped and dropped his duffel bag onto the road. 
I think this was a mistake, he said, coldly surveying the mud nearby the road. Stay close to me. I think we're in real trouble. As he said this, Erin noticed the first misshapen claw emerge from the mud to her left. Looking to her right, another claw emerged, followed by another and another. Terrible two-legged creatures with stick-like arms and legs and heads that seemed to be all teeth began climbing over the blighted land. <laughs> I think it's blighted. Over the blighted land towards the pair. Aaron shrieked despite herself and threw her arms around Henry from behind. Henry didn't protest, but threw his arms in front of him, mumbling and moving his hands in patterns that Aaron couldn't understand. His voice began louder. His voice began louder. <laughs> I think getting louder is what I meant. His voice began louder, clearly a different language, and he began throwing his hands towards the creatures. To both her amazement and relief, glowing orbs of life, light seemed to shoot out of his palms at the creatures, knocking them back into the mud. However, as he continued fighting, it seemed that no end to the fighting would come. As Henry continued moving his arms in deadly dance, <laughs> fending off the monsters, Aaron faintly heard yelling and the gallop of a horse. Looking behind her without letting go of Henry... She saw a black-cloaked rider on a horse charging down the road towards them. Henry! the female rider yelled as she approached. Henry turned with Aaron still attached to him, making a sweeping arc of fire as he did, such that they were now protected from behind. Margot! Henry said quickly. Take Aaron out of here. Aaron felt herself pulled from behind as the rider now revealed to be the crying woman from the previous night, arrived. Take her, he paused. Take her to where we used to picnic. You know where. Margot nodded and reached down for Aaron. Aaron, however, hesitated. I thought she was already pulling. All right. Let's see. Go ahead, Henry yelled as the monsters began encroaching on the road behind the horse. I'll be along soon. Ugh. I'm sorry, I get really confused, because we said Margot nodded and reached down for Aaron. Aaron, however, hesitated. Yeah, see, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm getting a little confused here. Okay. Go ahead, Henry yelled, as the monsters began encroaching on the road behind the horse. I'll be along soon. She turned and offered Margot her hand, who hefted Aaron up behind her. As the horse turned timidly to flee, Henry walked beside it, saying to Aaron, Stay with Margot. Trust her, but nobody else. I'll see you both soon. I just need to finish up some work. As he finished the statement, light burst from Henry, uh, Henry's palms, and the road ahead cleared of the crawling creatures. Margot whipped the horse, and Aaron was whisked down the road, away from the continuing battle. Drinking break! Woo! All right. Hmm. This seems long today. My God. Didn't... I think chapter two was seven pages? Oh, you know what? We only got a page... Maybe like a page and three quarters to go, so...
After he saw the duo crest the hilltop and disappear, he turned back to the road in the small building a ways down. By himself, he had little trouble with the creatures and walked purposely, purposefully, towards the building. Would it be purpose? Purposefully. Yeah, I think it's right. As if someone inside could read his mind, a door swung open and out walked a young man. The creatures on the side of the road quickly descended back into the mud, not from fear, but as if commanded to do so. Henry stopped and waited for the man to approach. He noticed immediately that his cloak was marked with the symbol of the magistrates. The other mage, for Henry had assumed at this point he was dealing with another mage, stopped twenty steps before him. "'Why have you come to this place?' he asked with a sneer. "'I have come on business. What has happened here?' Henry asked coldly. "'Okay, see, that didn't sound coldly. "'I have come on business. What has happened here?' Henry asked coldly. "'Was that better? I think that was a little better.' "'What business?' the mage asked without acknowledging Henry's question. "'Your presence is forbidden by the magistrates. You should have known this.' Henry sighed and decided to take another approach. "'I've been gone for many years, and I was unaware of this law. What happened to all the buildings here?' "'Treasonous activity was found to be originating from here.' I find it interesting that you would come to a place looking for its previous residence. Tell me, did you know those who once lived here? Did you work with them? Oh, see, he's trying to like get some entrapment going here, I think. Henry remained calm but prepared as he noticed the mage in front of him was concocting some spell with his left hand in what he thought was a discreet manner. Henry, however was far too experienced to miss this fact. You won't trick me, he said calmly to his he said calmly to his now opponent. Okay. <laughs> Pretty goofy. With that statement, the magistrate's mage stepped forward with teeth barred and thrust both hands forward. Henry, being prepared, Ah, screensaver. Okay, we're good. Okay. Henry, however... Okay, we're... Henry, being prepared, waved his right hand before his face, causing a translucent energy field to spring up in front of him. As soon as the opposing mage's spell reached it, both disappeared in a burst of light. Next, Henry countered with a burst of brilliant white energy from both hands, which the other mage fought of... With a similar burst of fire. I think that's fought off. <laughs> this was a, that was a bad paragraph. <laughs> the opposing mage stood and said, You insolent amateur! How dare you attack a representative of the magistrates? While he spoke, Henry began concocting his own spell. The angry official continued, Do you even know who you're dealing with? I am a Class A warrior mage, the most powerful in this region. He began walking towards Henry as his rant rolled on. You won't defeat me, and you'll be dragged off for imprisonment, or worse, once the authorities arrive. And I've already contacted them. They'll eventually catch 
up to your companions too, I'm sure. Now, it's time for you to stop this futile fighting! That was pretty exciting, wasn't it? The angered man thrust his arms forward with a tremendous yell, producing a blinding, fast-moving burst of light. But Henry was much faster. As he went down onto his left knee and smashed his right palm against the... Wait. Oh, 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 all right. I read an extra as. No typo, no typo. All right, let's start again. But Henry was much faster. He went down onto his left knee and smashed his right palm against the ground as the spell passed harmlessly overhead. A rumble shook the road. When Henry looked up, he found that his spell had gone perfectly according to plan. The other mage was buried up to his neck in the center of the road. Henry had used one of his old favorites and caused the earth to swallow up most of the egotistical opponent, who was now helpless. Henry casually walked up to him and looked down at the trapped head. I don't think that really worked out too well for you. Listen, I've got to get going, but give my love to the, quote, authorities, he said, making air quotes. Huh? Yeah, perfect. The trap maid shouted and yelled desperately as Henry, at Henry as he casually walked away. The end of chapter five. Well, that was a long chapter, but uh, pretty exciting, I think. Uh, you know what? There were no layout issues in that chapter. When I went back through the text, I didn't see any like lines extending beyond the margins or anything like that. There were some grammar errors. I think we ran into two or three, but that's not so bad. And it was so long that I finished that glass of Buffalo Trace. So now, as I said, I was low on Buffalo Trace, and I'm just sipping on some uh, Long Branch. That's a bourbon that's made by the fine people at the Wild Turkey Distillery. Very good. Matthew McConaughey knows what he's doing, if you know what I mean. Mmm. So yeah, we got to see Margot again. So she isn't like a heartless piece of crap. Actually, you know, I don't think she's done anything to think make us think that. But she came to rescue Henry and Aaron while they were walking down the road. Very exciting. And she had the insight to figure out that they were probably going to get hurt. And she chased after them instead of being like completely, what do I want to say? You know, like, full of revenge. Ah, spiteful! Spiteful! That's the word I want. So, that was nice of her. That was really nice of her. And I, that's why she's my favorite character. She doesn't really screw anybody over, and she seems nice. She seems nice enough, at least. So, anyway, let's do some discussion questions, since we're actually... This is the longest episode ever so far, so very exciting. All right, let's see. First question... All right, so Margot is living with a married couple, and she's in hiding, right? Yet, she went out to the bar that night and met Henry and Aaron. So, when we say she's hiding, is this... The question is, is this like, quote, James Bond hiding? Where, you know, we're not actually being very secret about it. She's hiding in plain view. Not hiding at all, I guess, Hiding in plain view would assume she's still using a different name. No, she's just herself living in a town with a couple. 
So I think, do you think that's what's happening here? I, I'd say so. People in town seem to know who she is and like her well enough, right? The bartender in the last chapter was asking about her, so. Very good, very good. Second discussion question. What did they worship at the former temple? Now, I seem to remember that the next chapter might say a little more about that. Maybe not. Maybe nothing, right? Henry kind of made mention of it, but do you think do you think they worship anything? And you know what? Everybody's living around the temple. What do you think? Is this actually a cult of mages and wizards and witches? I'd say it's probably a cult, although they didn't have a wall, so maybe not a cult. That's a good question. I don't know. All right. Third question, all right? This is a little bit uh, directed at other writers. My third question is, what's a better way to describe, like, a magic bullet? I think in this chapter, I kept saying they were shooting orbs out of their hands. and I guess fireball if it's on fire, but what's a better word for that? I can't even come up with an example because I wrote this damn book. And I kept saying orb or energy or pulse of light. So if you guys have any idea of what would be a better way to say that, because I think the way I'm saying it kind of stinks. I don't know exactly what... And you know what? It's going to happen more in this book, and I'm sure it will be just as poorly described as before. Um, That would be it, though, for Chapter 5. That was pretty exciting, though. What did you guys think? I thought that was just... That was just thrilling. The writing wasn't terrible. There were quite a few typos, but I think the pace of the events that happened in Chapter 5 was pretty good. Pretty good indeed. So, as I said, Chapter 6 is going to be another one of my favorites. Listen, we know that Aaron is now alone with Margot on the back of a horse. Henry had fought off his attacker... So we'll have to see what happens next in Chapter 6. I'm very excited about it. We're getting to some good chapters here. 7, we might drop off a cliff, though. We're going to have to see. (laughs) I really do not remember what happens in some of these chapters. It's too much for me. Um, Anyway, if you enjoyed this, I'd love to hear feedback. Remember, if you go to jeffreadshisbook.com, Uh, There's a couple links there for feedback. Please contact me. You can tell me that I suck at reading or my voice continually cracks when I get excited, which is also true, I think. I'm going to listen to this podcast probably tomorrow after I patch it together. Maybe Tuesday because it's Labor Day weekend. Very exciting. Uh, I think uh, tomorrow the big event is my friend who actually read Bring Balance is going to come over and borrow my rototiller attachment for my weed whacker. Very exciting, huh? This is the kind of excitement that men in their 30s and 40s live. So anyway, uh, again, please contact me if you like the podcast. And we'll be back next week, of course, with Chapter 6 of Bringing Balance. But until then, keep on reading! Keep on reading!